Welcome to Embrace the Spiritual Podcast. Join friends Michelle and Dawn as they share tips on how you too can open your heart, raise your vibration, and reclaim your sovereignty. Hear what they have experienced and overcome in their spiritual journeys while navigating this expansive spiritual multiverse. Discover how they transform their soul lessons from ordinary into extraordinary. Follow, subscribe, and share. Embrace the spiritual on all podcast streaming services, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Go to EmbraceTheSpiritual.com for additional content and a list of upcoming episodes. To book an aura regression or raw Reiki session, contact Dawn on her website, alchemy-sacredsound.com, and Michelle on her website at energeticembrace.com. So in this episode, we are talking about spiritual tools. And Dawn and I were just chatting. We thought we better hit record because she had a great idea of what the core really needs to be for any spiritual tools that you use. What was it that you were just saying, Dawn? When we tell someone we love them, we are saying it to ourselves. But first, we must love ourselves to be able to give that love to others. Whoa. So true. If if we're not doing that for ourselves, as Dawn was just saying earlier, it doesn't matter what tools you have. If you're not starting from that perspective, like we talked last episode of being heart centered, what are the tools going to really do for you? Like having a pen with no ink. The pen is useless if you don't have that ink to write with. So I think that's a great starting point for spiritual tools. And I know when we were talking the other day, you had some really good points about that self-love and certainly we could probably do a whole other episode on it but why don't you share some of those thoughts that you had around things that you can do for self-love on an everyday basis sometimes we think it's this grandiose gesture but it's really the day-to-day acts and things that we do that show we love ourselves well I obviously shield so before I can start my love for myself I shield because that's how I love myself because I'm You know, I want to be protected and I'm very slow in the morning. If you saw my routine, you'd be like, where's the fire? There isn't a fire in my life. (laughs) I always start with um, lots of water in the morning because we're electricity and that gets the energy moving. So that's part of my self-love care. I have three glasses in the morning because over while we sleep, our body dehydrates and I can feel it in every cell. So I won't even start shielding until I have three glasses of water. So I do that. I do my shielding. I then go into doing my yoga for myself. And then I do a shavasana where I feel in my heart all the love that I have for myself. And I do have to say that I was not always there. And the only thing that has cleared me enough to even come close to feeling the love that we should have at all times in our heart is an aura session. Even doing a raw Reiki on yourself, because we're practitioners and we know how to do that, is a tool of self-love. And what Aurora is doing is such a beautiful gift to humanity on such a spiritual level that every, you know, almost every day there is probably a session going on worldwide. And we are atomically feeling that. We might not be able to consciously feel the shift, but our, what would you call it, the atoms in us feel the shift. You might feel happier. You might feel like, wow, this is awesome day. But you know that something is subtly shifting little by little. And then, you know, it just just makes you feel so much love in your heart. It just You want to spend time with your loved ones, your friends who are pure of heart have realized that if your friends are talking negative, 
they're not friends. They're, I've gone through a big shift. I leveled up so much that I've had to cut friends out of my life because they're not going to see it. They're stuck in this mentality of we can't do anything for ourselves. They won't listen to us. And that is not self-love because if you are truly empowered by self-love, you will realize that nothing will stop you from doing what you need to do to become your perfect person for the lack of a better terminology. But you know, we're not perfect. Only source is perfect, but trying to get to that energetic level where we can shine brightly. Wow. What a powerful statement. All these little things that you start becoming aware of and consciously doing with intent and love. It's not easy to get there. As Don said, we've all gone through our processes and I hear quite often you know, how can I love somebody that's done X, Y, Z to me? It does take work. And along the process of this podcast, we'll certainly share more stories that'll help with that. But these tools that we're talking about today become amplified and more profoundly impactful in your lives when you are doing things with intent. If we're not living with intent, we're walking around like, zombies. That word of zombies is, I know there's video games out there, but that's literally what we would be doing is we're walking around like a shell of ourselves. Who wants to live like that? I certainly don't. I've had my moments. And in the past where, you know, I certainly felt like that tired, living in that lower vibration, it does make you feel like that. There is ways to raise your vibration and get out of that funk. I've certainly been there. I know many people that I talk to feel like they're in that same state, but it is possible. And as Dawn said, it's really starting with loving yourself. Are you giving actions and telling your body, your soul, your higher self that you care enough to do these things? Something as simple when I wake up in the morning, I'm pretty slow moving as well. And I always joke with Dawn that, you know, not much happens for me before 9am, that's okay. Well, I don't have to get up at 6am. So why would I to please somebody else? Part of my self care that I do in the morning is I like to lay in my heating pads. I love the warmth of them. I lay my lower back, my neck and shoulders, and I warm up my body to start the day. So that's something I feel it can be that simple as laying on your heating pads, getting going for the day, then I'll get up, do my shielding. Sometimes I even have to watch because we all have this laundry list of things that we're going to do, whether you're going to an office working or you're working from home or you're not working and you're a stay-at-home parent, which is way more work, let me tell you. And sometimes we get going with our day and we forget to do those things. So if you haven't listened to episode two, Shielding, Grounding and Boundaries, please go back and listen to that one because it's really key. It is an act of self-love. Even taking 10 minutes, let's face it, we can sit in the toilet for 10 minutes and scroll through our phones. So why can't we take that same 10 minutes and listen to a guided meditation or, you know, make sure you're grounding yourself. We have lots of opportunities They're all choices when we do something different. Nobody's forcing that. Either way, we make choices that either move us towards raising our vibration or move us away from that. Future episodes when we start talking about conscious languaging, manifesting, let me tell you, if you're not doing these core things, it is 
difficult, if not almost impossible to achieve. And then you get frustrated because you can't achieve those things, but you're not doing the actions that get you there. And this doesn't happen overnight. I hope people, you know, think, well, it's going to happen immediately. This is like work, daily working on yourself. And there's one day that I can't fit my, you know, I can do my shielding and then that's it. I don't do the rest of the stuff. I have a job that I go to really early in the morning and I already get up at 530 in the morning and I'm not getting up any earlier than that. (laughs) But the job is such a joy. So I don't mind missing out. If I want to do it when I come home, I will. Usually I'm caught up with daily tasks. So I don't do that. But you said something that popped into my head. Even if you just get a singing bowl that is for your heart chakra, I think it's the note F or even a tuning fork that is at 528 hertz, which is the sound of love and putting it on, you know, tapping it and putting it on your heart that will wake your vibration up to self-love because you're taking time out for you. And that's what we don't do during our days. We don't take time out to, you know, tell our family like, oh, I love you. You know, we need to say it more because the more we say it, the more it's going to resonate. And we are at a time that, you know, the wind is listening. Mother Earth is listening. The water is listening and fire is listening and I can feel it in my heart vibrating. So I hope everyone thinks about these words that we're telling you and you can feel it in your heart resonate with you as well. And I like that you brought up both singing bowls and tuning forks. Singing bowls, most people have, if you don't already own one, um, you've probably heard of them. They can come in various sizes, but as Dawn said, they are tuned to a specific note. And that's pretty key. I mean, you can get ones that tune to your crown chakra, but if you get one tuned to your heart, so many things start with that vibration. If you can raise a vibration in your heart, your other intuitive senses activate. They're not that expensive. You can get small ones, something. I like kind of the medium you know, five, six inches is kind of a nice size around. Um, And there's an app. Let me pull it up so I don't forget that you can test your singing bowl before you buy it. Because I know that is a lot of people's concern. It is called Magic Dave, S-T-A-V-E. It's free and it works great. I've tested it on my singing bowls that I own. But if you want to go to a store and test it out in person, I highly recommend you doing that. That's a great idea. We'll add that link to our embracespiritual.com website so that you can go there and, and check out that app just to make sure you get the right one. And that's great because what I've found lately is some stores, I go in saying, do you have a singing bowl that is the heart chakra? Well, we believe our singing bowls, they just resonate. And I'm like, no, they all have a specific tone. That's how they're made. So that's a great thing that you can already have on your phone. Test out the singing bowl. You know, certainly anytime you use any musical instrument, that raises your vibration. Even listening to music, that's a spiritual tool. And people are probably thinking, what? Music's a spiritual tool? Absolutely, because it raises your vibration. Sing, sing with the music. Yeah, sing with the music. You know, I'm certainly not talking some of the hard rock. Certainly that can get you kind of jacked up and excited, but really it's that high vibrational music, something fun. We all have that music that, you know, makes you want to get up and dance. It could be, you know, I grew up in in the 80s and, and early 90s music was kind of my jam. So when I go back and listen to those, it brings me back to that time 
you know, those happy, fun times that I had, guess what it's doing? It's impacting my heart. It's raising my vibration. So anything that does that for you is fabulous. And tuning forks, I want to bring up as well, because I think tuning forks are not very common. Both Dawn and I have taken courses and do tuning fork work. It is amazing because tuning forks, when they're applied to the body, you have to have the right forks to do this, is they can get down to the cellular level and shift the energy at that deep of a level. Nothing else that I'm aware of anyways can have that same impact. And so if you're ever in an area where you live if you can find someone that does tuning fork, is a tuning fork practitioner, check them out. Make sure that they feel right though, because you still, we want to make sure you're not going to be infringed upon going to somebody. But as Dawn said, even if you get a tuning fork, the basic ohm, that's all you need is an ohm tuning fork is kind of your centering vibration. And it's something that's small enough, you can take it with you. I can put mine in my purse and use it whenever. And whenever you use a tuning fork, when you strike it, of course, there's certain instructions to make sure you work with it well, but you always want to listen to your tuning fork in both ears. So put it one side of your head and then put it to the other side of your head so that your mind gets centered to that vibration. And then you can place it on your body anywhere that maybe you have aches and pains. Use it for that. And while you're talking about tuning forks, there's also bells. There's a whole bunch of different tools. If you know, you're not comfortable with that, there's bells, there's glass merkabas too that uh, resonate. I have one that I hit before I go to bed. There's just so many tools out there that you can use that people I wish they would talk about it more or even just chanting Aum. There was a study done by a scientist and I will try to find it. I think my husband sent it to me who figured out how to view the aura on a energetic level. And when you chant Aum, your aura turns to a beautiful golden color. And not only does your aura turn to that beautiful golden color when you chant Aum, but if you have a child and that child comes near you, you match the vibration of your child, which I think is a beautiful thing. Even pets. My husband can see auras and my one dog, we are intertwined energetically. So I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to you know, share that deep bond with her. Uh, my other animals, he says that they're more independent and are different kind of healing tools for us. But when you can find that right matching vibration, if you're having a day that's not going just right, you know, even a cat's purr is healing. You know, there's so many tools out there. Just open your mind and start looking. It will find you. I love that you brought animals in as a tool because that's not something that is commonly thought of. But our pets are all energy. And you're right with the cat. Our cat has really been coming to lay on us on our chest. And cats have the ability to change the vibration of their purr to match what you need. They intuitively know how to do this. So if they come up and lay on you and purr like that, take it as a sign of respect and love that they have for you that they are wanting to share that vibration with you. They can shift that energy in you with that vibration and dogs as well. We know dogs aren't always as cuddly as that, but both Don and I have smaller dogs. So they tend to come and snuggle that that way a little bit more, but just their energy can help you. Both Don and I in part of our practices and with clients that we see, 
is we can also do the raw Reiki sessions on pets. So because they are energy beings, they have seven chakras like us, they can pick up and carry illness or disease from us. And I don't think that's a very well-known thing about pets is that they can actually take on things so that we don't have to suffer. That is the amount of unconditional love that they have for us. So why are we living without that same unconditional love for ourselves? If pets can have that for us, we should have it for us. Beautiful. Some of the other spiritual tools I like to use on a daily basis is lighting a candle. Something as simple as lighting a candle you're connecting to source energy. Candles can transmute energy. I know when you're working in an office, you can't always have something like that, you know, from a safety perspective. Even if you get a flameless candle, something that you can look at that you're able to send any negative energy you've had from the day into the candle. It's setting the intention, You, I think is what you're trying to say. Yes, thank you sent the intention that that is your flame so it will burn away anything that is not serving you for your highest purpose exactly sure we're going to overuse the, your highest purpose but it really fits so well yeah so please don't tune out every time we say that because what what needs to be repeated it's because we want it to be integrated into your everyday so that you don't even have to think about it why don't you share how you use the flame at night before you go to bed, the purple violet flame. Thank you. I was just like, what are you talking about? Okay. (laughs) So I have been a follower of St. Germain. I think it's Ray Godfrey uh, wrote books. It, It wasn't his real name. And there is a really cute short book. You can pick it up uh, for like two bucks by Claire Prophet called The Violet Flame. And I do the Violet Flame prayer from that book every night. I've done it probably for three to four years now, maybe even longer, because I really don't like uh, keeping track of time. But I say it every night. A friend of mine said, you were in my dream. And she's like, I knew it was you because you were the purple flame. And I was just like, oh, how did you know? And she just said, "I when I see you, I see the purple flame. And I said, well, you know, that's funny you say that because every night I do the violet flame prayer, I guess you could say, or affirmation, you know, whatever word speaks to your to what you like uh, before I fall asleep. So it's interesting that when she sees me, that she thinks of that. Where my husband, when he sees me, he's like, you're gold energy. So... <laughs> That is pretty cool. And we can, we'll add that to our website as well, because the working with that St. Germain flame is very powerful. It, you could imagine it, even if you have your fireplace on at night, if you've got a a gas or a wood burning fireplace, or even a candle, having candles, have a candle in every room that you're in. If you can have it, if you're working from home and you can have a candle beside you, I always make sure the first thing I do when I come into the room is I will turn on the music. So I always have some albums for raising vibration or working with the chakra energies. And I'll turn on that music. I'll turn on my Himalayan salt lamps and I'll light a candle and I'll close the door and leave the room. Of course, you want to be safe. Make sure that the candle's in a place that it's not going to be knocked over. I leave that energy to do its magic and do its work 
before I even come back into the room. Even if it's a minimum of 10 minutes, a lot of times I'll do that for 30 minutes. I'll do it as my first thing I come in if I'm going to have a client or for recording these episodes. I'll come and I'll leave the music going at a really good level because I want that energy shifting in the room from the day before. I'll leave it for 30 minutes before I even come back. And then I do an extra set of shielding. I have a tuning fork that is a high vibration tuning fork that can clear energy off of things like crystals. I use it on books, things that you can't you know, run under water. A lot of crystals you can run under water to help clear them. But this is a sonic ohm tuning fork that can shift the vibration at the higher level. So those are a few things I do for the environment that I work in every day. And you made me think of sage, definitely need sage. I'm actually probably going to sage after our session. Uh, lots of little bumps and bruising around the house, like hiccups in life. So I'm like, ah, maybe it's time to clear. And it's also, you know, we're going through major energy shifts. We've gone from like having 80 degree days to down to we're at, we're having snow again, and we've never had such extreme weather. So. I think just something needs to get cleared out here. Very important. For those of you that might be sensitive to smells, because I'm actually quite sensitive to the smell of sage. So I actually don't use sage typically. I actually have a sage spray and it's infused with 24 karat gold. A friend of ours actually creates it up in Canada. It's a very high vibrational. It's tuned to a specific frequency. I make sure and use that as a spray. I can... You know, there's several spiritual based stores that you could get something like that in as well. When you are saging, usually you want to leave a window open because you want that energy and with intention, everything's with intention. You want to go into all the corners of your room and then you want it to release through the windows. Let it get outside. One of the other things that I use is Palo Santo wood. So I find it tends to be a little uh, gentler of a smell and it's more of a woodsy type smell. So that's one of the things that I like to use. And certainly, you know, if you've had contractors coming into your house or maybe you've had a gathering of people, you can sage a place before they come, sage, Palo Santo, whatever you want, and do it after. So you want to make sure all of that energy is cleared from the room. One of the other tools that I want to actually add to this made me think of, we learned through the practice of becoming Aura and Raw certified, is you can also set the intent that when people come to your house, whether you have maybe cleaners coming to the house, contractors, clients, is you can imagine them in their own bubble of energy when they come through the threshold that they are put into that bubble so that their energy is contained within that bubble the whole time that they are on your property, whether it's inside or outside your property, not just inside your house. And when they leave your property, you set the intention that the bubble will burst and they take their energy with them. So that's another re really good tool. If you're not able to sage or do Palo Santo or something like that, is imagine even if it's a group of people, put them all in a bubble and they are contained within that bubble so that they're not spreading their energy or leaving anything behind. So it's another little tool tip that you can use as well. And when I deal with other people, sometimes I just do a like a wall because you just know that they're not going to change and you, you just don't want to deal with what they're giving 
trying to send towards you. I mean, I know like shielding works, but sometimes just like energetically, it's like, I don't want to deal with this. So, and there's some situations where you can't be rude, especially when I am at clients' houses, there are some very arconic people who come into these houses Mm. and I just don't like the energy. And unfortunately, because it's not the person I would be friends with, doesn't mean my client will choose the right path and say, you know, maybe this person is not here for my, you know, best intentions. So I always do that because I'm not buying what they're selling. No. And you're right. Like you're going into a situation where it's somebody else's house. There's other caregivers that are coming in in and out of the house. So, you know, you're not going to be able to go there and sage their house or do all these other things. So, you know, putting yourself in a bubble and doing these other things can help mitigate the effects of picking up that negative energy. One of the other things that I do in my house, and we had some people over and they had to ask, what do you have above all your doors? Like, well, let me tell you. So I have pieces of selenite crystal. So selenite crystal is a very well-rounded with purposes. It's a cleanser of other crystals. It's a cleanser of energy. And so what I do is I set a piece of selenite crystal above every doorway, bathroom doors, bedroom doors, our main entryways. Plus, I also have a little piece of obsidian. Any Most dark crystals will work, but you want something or black tourmaline, something from a negative energy protector perspective, I guess is the best way to think of it. So I have a piece of selenite and I think it's actually black tourmaline I have on each door. And so what I said to this person that asked me that, I said, well, it's my own little energetic scrub brush for anybody that walks in and out of this door. It's going to scrub their energy and kind of keep that room clear. So anybody that's coming in and out of our house, so it's on closet doors, everything. So that's something that's easy to do. Always do it with intent. Crystals work best when you put intent into them. And whenever you bring crystals home from a store, you always want to cleanse them. So look up online the best way to cleanse them. I have a very large selenite bar that I put all of my crystals on top of before I use them for anything. I don't run mine underwater. I have the intent that this selenite bar is going to cleanse my crystals. I also use my Sonic Ohm tuning fork to clear them as well. And once you clear them, then you can set the intent when you put them on top of your doorway that anybody that crosses that threshold is going to be cleansed and that the energy isn't going to stick around. And I do, mine is two days in the sun, two days in the earth. Then I wash them because they're dirty. And then I put them on my selenite. So we all have different things that we like to do. And if you take a real close look at your crystals before and after, they color always changes. I cannot believe the colors of some of the crystals I have. Or if it was given to you with a misintent, the crystal will break apart. I've had that happen where somebody who is not of love in their heart, the crystal broke. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to bury this and hopefully it will go back to the earth. Yeah. And putting it in the earth is really key because you're grounding it to that energy where everything came from. Crystals are coming from under the earth. So it's like their home. So they're resonating back with that home energy as well. And I'm glad you brought up about getting crystals from other people. I think we talked about this either one or two episodes ago. Very rarely will I ever buy a crystal for somebody else because you want to make sure the crystal resonates with you. 
I personally, I think I've only ever accepted two crystals from somebody else because of that. I want to make sure that the crystals resonate with me. I don't just look at crystals because they have X, Y, or Z properties. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I go looking for a specific crystal, but most times it's just based on how it feels. And sure enough, I look up what properties it is and, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I need. The other thing that I wanted to say about crystals too is with them breaking, when they break, sometimes their purpose could be done for you as well. So Dawn's example, someone gave her the crystal and it broke because it just wasn't a matching vibration. But sometimes you could have a crystal that you've worked with for a long time, but your work with that crystal is done. And sometimes people find that it splits apart. Oh, I dropped my crystal and it broke and they're all devastated. But look at it from a different perspective. Maybe its purpose is done for you. You no longer need to continue to do that work. I break a lot of crystals. I have water bottles. I actually have crystals in the bottle. I do drink a lot of warm water to keep my energy flowing. So I will put hot water in with my crystals. So they don't like the thermal shock. So I break a lot of crystals. Um, but I figured this is how I want to, you know, live my life. And I hope the crystal is happy that we're sharing energy together. And I'm probably taking a lot of energy from that crystal. It, obviously, if it's allowing it and, you know, it breaks. So I do thank the crystals for being part of my life, even if it's just for a short time. Absolutely. Crystals have their own energy. And we forget to thank them, as Dawn said, because they are coming into our lives to help us with certain things. So treat them that way and they'll help you do that work. One of the other things with crystals that you have to make sure you do, as we were talking about, is cleansing them before you use them. Sadly, I came across stores that were programming their crystals so that they could sell them. And it just really felt like a form of dark magic because they weren't confident in the energy of their store selling themselves. So you have to really watch. You can typically feel when you go into one of those stores, if something feels off or feels forced, sometimes these smaller stores are crammed full. Just really be, be intentional with what you're looking for and it will present itself. And I do know that that is true. My husband and I were vacationing in California and we went to this really cute town on the top of a mountain or with a lake. And we went into a crystal store thinking, oh, crystals, this will be great. And the store had such dark energy. I did not touch anything, but he did. And he actually had negative energy from that crystal because of whatever reason, I don't remember specifically the session because it was quite a few months ago, but we had to clear that energy because it had latched onto him and it did, you know, confirm what I had been feeling in the store was that they had used dark magic to sell their crystals. Wow. And that energy, since he picked it up and entered into a unspoken contract, latched onto him and it was causing him some sort of pain. It could be kind of scary because you have to remember when you go into these stores that, yes, other people are touching the same product that you are. And as Dawn's husband experienced, inadvertently picking up something that you weren't asking for, but it can still find you because if you're raising your vibration and shining your light, they're going to be attracted to that. The negative is attracted to people that are these strong light beings. So really be intentional. A lot of people will pick up every crystal 
in the store. I mean, I said in a previous episode that I pick up the crystals and hold it to me to make sure it feels right, but I don't pick up every crystal. I go around first and feel into what crystals I might like before I even touch anything. So just something to be mindful of when you go into these stores. And same thing with picking up an Oracle card deck or maybe a wall hanging from one of these stores. All of it can pick up and maintain the energy of whatever has touched it before, including the people that work at the store that are hanging up. If they're not cleansing themselves of negative energy, and especially they have, they're in those stores and they see tons of people, if they're not doing that work, guess what? They're around those crystals all day. Pretty hard for the crystals not to pick up that energy. Well, and there's just some people who do dark magic. I have a I wouldn't even call her a friend. Uh, Somebody I went to high school with, she was a proclaimed Wiccan witch. And I know she would do spells to make herself more attractive to men. A friend of mine happened to see her out at a party and she didn't recognize her because that's how good her glamour was. And there is dark magic out there. There are people who do that work and I do not recommend it because it's lying and it will come back on you. Now she is my age and she looks older and she's paying for it because she's extremely sick. So, you know, it's like telling a lie. They're going to add up to you. And once you've accumulated enough, the lie is going to start taking away your energy. Because remember, those lies and and things that we do that are low vibrational things, Dawn's right. They accumulate. No different than plaque accumulates on your teeth. Think of it that way. If you're not brushing your teeth twice a day, you're not getting rid of that plaque. Well, do the same thing for your energy body. You know, do your shielding and grounding and, and cleansing of yourself. And then that way you can help mitigate the amount of negative energy you might be picking up throughout your day. Something else I wanted to add to calling this a spiritual tool might seem weird. Even this morning, I'm picking out clothes for the day, happen to be wearing a purple top. So to me, that's, you know, a higher vibration or light color clothes. But I know when I was working, I'd have a lot of darker clothes, black pants or dark gray. This morning when I was doing that, my higher self popped in to remind me that something as simple as the clothes we choose every day impacts our energy vibration. Black can be depressing. A lot of people wear black to funerals because it's you know meant to be a lower vibration thing. Black can be all colors within if we think of a black flame got all colors within. But why are you picking that color? Are you picking it because you feel blah that morning and that's what you feel like wearing? How is that going to raise your vibration during the day? You're going to carry that blah feeling with you all day. And I know we we are sometimes self-conscious of our bodies and so we wear darker colors to maybe hide what we think our flaws are. But you're beautiful. You're beautiful the way you are. Throw some color into your day. It will help lift you. You never know the impact it's going to have on other people when they look at you and go, oh, I love your top or like your pants are all funky, nice color. Maybe you don't have an option to change up much more if you're wearing a suit. A lot of guys now are, you know, do the color in your tie, do funky socks, something, wear funky underwear. Even if someone doesn't see it, you're going to know and it feels kind of cool. Why not wear something lighter and brighter? 
it might help pick up your energy a little bit. Very true. Last, I guess, on our list is my favorite, but food. <laughs> so just try to eat organic and healthy and clean because I know that there are so many chemicals added to fruits, vegetables. I just found out that they add 50 pesticides to blueberries. Why would you do that? They are one of the things that grows so naturally that only the birds eat them. Unless they're spraying them to keep the birds away, then why would you want to eat it? So I try to do basic, all organic, simple ingredients. I do a lot of cooking for myself. i do not not a big fan of eating out. I can tell when something has Roundup on it. I can taste it. Unfortunately, this is the time we're living in. And I know there is an attack on organic food with a chemical that is supposed to keep it fresher longer, but they're taking that organic pureness away. So please read labels, look into it. Are you really eating organic or are you eating something that has been tampered with? I saw something the other day where they're talking about this new thing. It's called A-Peel where that's what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. So I'm putting a name to it because I think it's important to be aware of things like that, where they're trying to sell it as a bonus because you're not having the plastic. Be careful with these marketing catches, because if you really thought about it, do you want food that is somehow wrapped in some kind of coating in order to preserve it for all the shipping that it has to do to get to your store, how are you going to get that off? That seems kind of disgusting. Yes, we have the plastic. That is a far less impact to the environment and to our bodies than having food that is falsely wrapped in some kind of wrap, let's call a spade a spade, the chemical coating. It's it's got a toxic what are they OSHA or what's the other one? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember the name. Label. So and it also makes it fresher longer. Fresh food is not meant to be in your refrigerator forever. It loses its freshness. It loses the enzymes, all the vitamins. You are meant to eat it when it's the freshest that it can be. So I am a farmer nerd. And <laughs> yes, you <she> is. <laughs> when you eat lettuce, you're supposed to have like this milky substance that comes out. Have you ever seen lettuce that has a milky substance that comes out? It's supposed to be very therapeutic for you. Not unless you are growing it yourself. So the majority of your stuff from your grocery stores is not going to be fresh. Now, if you get a farm share, that's different. It is fresher. And there are things you can do since they, a lot of times will pull the head of lettuce straight from the ground. You can put it in water in your fridge or even onions, asparagus. Food was alive. It needs substance. It needs water. Learn how to prolong the freshness. I know strawberries, if you put them in a jar with water, you can store them in the fridge for three weeks because that is keeping it alive and keeping it going. Those are great tips because if we can preserve the food naturally, guess what? Those nutrients are going to stay in it. And those nutrients are what we're looking for in buying that food anyways. The organic part is, Don can speak to this probably more, but I know a lot of people think the organic is a gimmick. And well, it is a gimmick if you're putting a coating on and trying to call that organic, that's not organic. But really the intention is that there should be safer practices for producing those fruits and vegetables. Better yet, like Dawn does, she's got a big greenhouse out back. They grow so much of their own food that they need. There's lots of these people that are getting back to grassroots, growing your own food, 
even if it's only a small planter in your yard, something. Maybe lettuce is something you consume all day uh, quite a bit in your household or cucumbers or a little strawberry patch or blueberries, or go to these farms where they have the you pick. A friend of mine that I used to work with, they have Saskatoons. So they open up for Saskatoon berry picking. You get a pail and go pick your own. So if you look for these options, you're going to have better nutrition. And the reason we're bringing that up is when you have that better nutrition, less chemicals in your body, we don't want the chemicals that are used to preserve. That's where you have to read the labels and know what you're consuming. That will dampen your energy vibration in your body, eating those processed foods, the packaged foods. I know I'm guilty of that still. It might be easier to grab a box of something and, you know, cook a meal based on whatever's in that box. But I also found if I, you know, buy carrots, celery, and cucumbers as an example, that I'll cut them up right away. And as Dawn said, there's lots of natural storage options that you can do to prolong your fruits and vegetables. But even something as simple as cutting them into edible portion sizes, do it when you get home, and then it's done. It's easy to grab, then your food isn't going bad in the fridge, because I know I've let that happen where, ah, I didn't get through those blueberries in time, and they're starting to go moldy. Or toss it in your freezer. Your freezer is a wonderful tool. I spoiled myself and I bought a freeze dryer and we are going to be freeze drying our extra things from our food share this year since we did a almost year long food share and it will go well into the winter. So, you know, I recommend freezing, canning because you heat it up. It does take away the enzymes. Freezer space is easy. And, you know, I was doing jars of onions, celery, zucchini, put it in when it's time to cook soup. Pull a jar, let it defrost, and toss it in. Our freeze dryer, I'll be doing that again. Freeze drying with uh, ball jars, putting it, you know, soup ingredients in. My lady who cleans at my client's house makes these delicious fruit mixes. Um, She's got connections with farmers where she lives, and she had this beautiful, like, it was grapes, strawberries, and blueberries. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is delicious. And when you freeze dry, it's literally just taking the water out. So the enzymes are there, the vitamins and minerals, and that's it. So you preserve it to the best that it can. There's um, the silicone to keep the water out when you put it in the ball jar. I have space in my basement, so I'll be putting you know lots of stuff in the basement this year. That's the technique that I really didn't know much about, so I appreciate you sharing freeze drying because I think people are used to the what's it called the air air dryer air fryer um, oh you dehydrator thank you I find that messy I've done it before and the trays are not made to be easily cleaned and after like doing batches of almonds to make them so a lot of things that we eat do have nutrients that block absorption. So I soak my almonds and all my nuts in salt water. And then I was putting them in a dehydrator. Well, that got really gross really quick. And even all the soaking, and I can't use bleach because I am allergic, still kept it it nasty. So that's why I said, you know what? Trays are about a foot and a half long by 10 inches, and they can be washed in the dishwasher by hand. Well, those trays with the dehydrator you would have to take like a like a pipe cleaner and clean in between them. I thought, who, who 
thought of this and what were they thinking? Somebody who clearly doesn't do that on a <laughs> everyday basis. Right in theory, but have little kids and they're running around. You can't do that and take care of them. And they don't want to, you know, they're just like, mom, what are you doing? I don't want to do this with you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That looks too much work. One last thought I want to put to the food that we eat in particular. I had gone to a course in in the instructor, you know, very slender lady. This didn't happen at the course I had, but she was sharing the story that she had talked about raising the vibration of the food that you eat. So no matter what you're eating, and she had spread out on a table, food everywhere, everything from chips, chocolate to, you know, salad, everything in between. So the point is she had a variety of food and had asked the question, what do you think I eat on this table? So everyone was going towards, you know, the fruits, vegetables, that kind of thing. And she said, I eat everything on this table, but I eat it with intention. And I raise the vibration of everything I put into my body. And so some ways you can do that is you can rub your hands together and kind of create some an energy ball. And over any meal, water that you drink, you can put the intention into that, that it will nourish your body. Now, I'm not saying I'm recommending eating chips and chocolate. The intent is eating foods, no matter what they are. Ideally, you want to get away from the processed stuff because that's just not much hope in eating that. I don't even want to say food item product. If you can put the intention that your body will take only the nourishing components, whatever word you want to use, your body will absorb what it needs for its highest good. Putting that intention in what you're eating, eat mindfully. I think that's another thing. Eat with intention mindfully. I know in the past, I was clearly a boredom eater and an emotional eater, which are two big ones that aren't necessarily easy to break, but you can break them. If you're eating mindfully, pre-measure things and only have a certain amount. Put the energy and intention to it. Eat a small amount and get up and walk around, something to change up the environment because when you're doing that mindless eating, it doesn't take long for you to overconsume. So I just wanted to add that it's mostly what you put in your body, but what's the intention behind how you're putting those things into your body as well. Beautiful. On our next episode, we'll be talking about conscious languaging and what can you do to raise your vibration and shift. Follow, subscribe, and share. Embrace the spiritual on all podcast streaming services, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Go to embracespiritual.com for additional content and a list of upcoming episodes. To book an aura regression or raw Reiki session, contact Dawn on her website, alchemy-sacredsound.com, and Michelle on her website at energeticembrace.com. Infinite love and gratitude. Thank you for joining us.